Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Today I want to talk to you about living a missional lifestyle. I want to, I want to talk to us about that we're not, we're not just meant to be Christians. We're not meant to just do life. We're meant to live with a mission. We're meant to have a purpose-driven lifestyles. Amen? Amen. I, I want to tell you a little bit about my testimony, my personal testimony, and then I'm going to go somewhere with this. I was, I was 14 years old when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I've never been the same again. How many of you guys could testify that when the Holy Spirit comes in with His fire and His power and His love and presence, you're never going to be the same again? Amen? And, and we need to have continual baptisms in the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-time event. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's an ongoing, refreshing, renewing that God wants us to steward and cultivate and yearn for. And it was a, it was a little while after I got that baptism that I still was struggling with some of the, the cares and the concerns of a, you know, in the worldliness. I, at school, I still was trying to fit in with people and I was compromising my Christian values to try to gain accolades from people. And I was still struggling with that, but the Lord took me through a season where the, the tables turned on it and, and He got my attention in a, in a real deep way. I don't have time to go into that story right now, but... Um, but God started shifting my heart, but where a lot of that shift started to happen from was from the youth leader in my church named Mick. Mick was a hero of mine. And the reason he became a hero of mine was because he started looking at me and seeing the potential that's in my life for the kingdom of God. And he would start telling me things, and this is during a season when everybody at school is telling me, that I'm, that I'm stupid or that, that, I, that I'm never going to fit in or shoving me into lockers, knocking books out of my hands and kicking it down the hallway under a stampede, all that kind of stuff. Things that made me feel like no, I'm going nowhere in life. He starts speaking to me, saying, Jesse, God's got a calling on your life and you're going to change the world. You're going to change the world. I was probably around 15 around that time. When he starts speaking this, you're going to change the world, Jesse. He, he, he was like, I, I see a fire for you. I, I, I feel like you're going to save many souls. You're going to lead many people. And I never had anybody speak those kind of things into me. How many of you know that when somebody speaks that and you can feel behind it that they mean what they're saying, it does something to you? Amen? I want to speak to you guys right now. That God has put a calling in you. And that you can change the world. Amen? I say that to you. I started going to youth group around that time because I didn't care about it until I found out this guy actually thinks that I can be something. I thought it was kind of dorky to go to youth group before that until I realized that, that Jesus and his people are not dorky. They're world changers. They're, they're mighty warriors. If they, if they step into everything God has for them. Amen? And so our youth group in that season started capturing a, the love of Christ in a profound way. And we fell in love with Jesus. And, and we started having a revival in our youth group. And one of the, our favorite phrases at that time was, we're fired up. How many of you guys could say that you know what it means to be fired up? <clears throat> We were fired up for Jesus. We'd go to youth conferences called Fired Up or Acquire the Fire, Ignite, whatever, any word that has to do with explosiveness. That We were going to that one every year, all right? And we were so fired up that we started every morning at school before school started, we'd gather together and we'd have prayer meetings. And it started out with like five people. But, but the passion started spreading. Other Christians who were nominal Christians started finding a hunger for Jesus. And they started coming to this prayer meeting, and it ended up being like 20, 30 plus people coming to the prayer meeting, praying for revival in the school every day. 
Isn't that awesome? We would, we would be preaching the gospel at school. I remember one time um, I, I, I was walking down the halls and I saw cheerleaders put up uh, poster boards that said something like, Go Royals, because that was our school mascot. Go Royals, or whatever, whoever the, the quarterback was, go whoever, because a big game was coming up, or whatever. And I thought, man, if they can put poster boards up, I'm going to put one up that says John 3.17. Not John 3.16, but 3.17, because it talks about how God didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. And some other person who thought, well, I, I, know, the wor- I know Scripture more than you, because any billboard that says John 3 something, it's going to be 316, not 17. And they crossed it out, put 16. I was like, they didn't read it, did they? They just thought they knew the, the address. I thought that was great. But we were preaching the gospel, guys, and we were praying for people, and we were winning souls. It was exciting. And, and Mick kept feeding this. He kept feeding the fire. You guys are changing the world. You guys, you're going to see revival in your school. Keep, keep this up. You guys are going to change everything. <clears throat> Isn't that awesome? <clears throat> By the way, I believe that there's going to come a day when we're going to have a youth group here. And they're going to be on fire for Jesus. We're going to have youth leaders. And we're going to see revival in that age, age range as well. <clears throat> we're not there yet. We're getting there. I believe it. But Mick, he, he started like preparing us for the cost, the price to be paid to be carriers of the gospel, carriers of the kingdom of God. And, and people would make fun of us, and Mick would be like, hey, that's, that's, a, that's a reward in heaven. And, and he started telling us, and he'd take us out witnessing in the streets every Friday night. I did that for probably two or three years with Mick. Almost every week we'd go to some of the most darkest places knowing that we're going to shift the environment. We're going to bring Jesus to that place. <clears throat> and there, there were times when people would threaten to beat us up. Mick would be like, that's a reward in heaven. Keep doing what you're doing because the devil hates it. And he got to the point where there were, there were times when one of my friends was sharing the gospel with people at school, and they started throwing rocks at him. And Mick was like, hey, you got stoned for Jesus. And there, it was like we, we had this healthy pride, not like the bad kind, but like this, wow, God is pleased that we're standing up for him, and people don't like it. And Mick was like, he, he told us this, he promised us, that if anybody ever gets punched for Jesus, I'm going to get you a trophy We were serious about this stuff. <clears throat> a trophy for getting punched. But, but what this did to us was it created in us a disciple mentality. It created in us a, a mentality, I'm going to pay the price. Because I love Jesus more than I care about my reputation. I love Jesus so much that I'll take a lashing if I have to so that somebody can know that Jesus loved them. That Jesus, who, who was whipped all day long and crown of thorns shoved on his head, spikes driven in his hand, said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. We were in a season where God was deepening our roots, deepening a, a love, a, a devoted love for Jesus that says, I'm going to go all the way. Where we, we had a determination seared into our, the deepest conscience that said, Lord, I'm going to live for you every day and I'll die for you. Come on. How many of you know that that's the passion that Jesus wants us to be filled with in our hearts? Do you guys know that passion, we can rank passion by an emotional experience? <clears throat> And those emotional experiences are blessings, but that's not how you rank passion. You rank passion by value and pursuit and, and devotion that's unwavering, despite how everything feels coming for you or coming against you. Amen? Jesus wants to see passion, He wants to see devotion. 
from his disciples. Jesus wants to see in his people, I'm willing to pay a price however far I need to go to see your promises come to pass, see my mission fulfilled on this earth, I'll pay the price. And you got somebody like Paul, who, who was one of the most celebrated Pharisees. And he, and he had everything going for him. And he said, after I found Jesus, everything that was gained for me became rubbish. I didn't care about those things anymore. All I care about is, is pushing forward towards the mark of the calling. And he talked about how he understood what it was like to be wealthy and rewarded and blessings come. He knows what it's like to be lashed and stoned and persecuted. And none of it made a difference because he was dedicated to the call of the Lord. You can only have that kind of dedication if you understand the love of Christ and the power of the gospel. To understand the, the price that Jesus paid for you when He died on the cross. It, when, it, when it says that it was for the joy set before Him that He endured the cross. It says Jesus learned obedience through sufferings. What does that mean? It says He was perfected through sufferings. How could the perfect Christ need to be perfected, but somehow his obedience to the price before him made him even more perfect. Yeah. Blows my mind. But it's for the passion, it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. I want to tell you that you are his joy. And the more we can know his love for us, the more we can love the things that he values. The more we can love him and what he values, the more we're willing to pay a price, a day-to-day -day price that says, I'm going to live for you, Lord. I'm going to serve your mission. Amen? In that, in that time when that was happening with me as a teenager, the Lord was, was building into me a foundation where, where I told the Lord, and I meant it with every fiber of my being, I'm going to live for you for the rest of my life. I'm going to serve you every day of my life. I'm going to lay it down, and I'm going to go all the way. And I've had different seasons with different focuses, but it was always, this is for Jesus, and it's all the way. I'm not saying I've had moments where I, where I had short backsliding moments. That's happened. Thank God he was gracious, and I realigned and I picked back the torch that he gave to me. All the way. I, I, I was dedicated to evangelizing and bringing the gospel. I went to Bible college so I could get as much in me, so I could give away more. I became a youth leader so I could disciple young people and, and not just have fun party meetings every week, but to try to put a passion and a fire into their hearts. So they can see what I saw when I was their age. That there's a world that needs Jesus. There's a world that needs to see that people are not complacent Christians. That's not just a religious Sunday gathering with a talking head. There's a fire. There's a passion. There's a burn. There, there's a, the engine that drives us to build the kingdom with Jesus. The, the engine is fueled by passion for Jesus. It's fueled by knowing His passion for us. And if we can see the value in what Jesus has done to save us, then we need to eventually come to a place where we can realize that that same passion He has for me, He has for others. And that my passion can only be fully expressed to Him when I, when I engage with his mission to say, I've got to give away what I've freely received. 
I've got to embrace this thing. I've got to love it. I've got to let it transform me, but I've got to let it become something where I can be God's partner to transform other people so that they can receive his same passion. Amen? I, and, and I've been through different seasons where God is, where, where I've been fully devoted to him and he's trained me and equipped me in different ways. It's always for the moment I'm going to live for him, but, but also the moment I'm living in, I'm believing that it's preparation for greater things coming too. There's a dual reality that we can be fully on the front lines with Jesus while at the same time we're being trained and equipped for greater things ahead. Amen? Who in my hearing right now wants to live with a full-on fire for Jesus that says, I'm going all the way with him? Come on. We're, we're called, the, the calling is ignited by love. Okay? The calling is ignited by love. It's driven by passion. And it's sustained by by devotion because sometimes our devotion needs to move past the emotion the emotions are great but if we're living off of emotion we're going to be up and down up and down but if we know that Jesus is not ranking us by our emotional experience he's ranking are you staying the course are you pressing toward the calling the high, the high calling that he's put on your life. Amen? We need to live with vision because that's what keeps us honed. But, but the vision really is nothing more than knowing what's in his heart and observing that. Okay? I, I recently read a, a saying that says, you weren't born just to pay bills and die. But that's the life a lot of people are living. It's going nowhere except just the routine, the day-to-day -day drag. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this today. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Let's pay the bills so I, so, so I don't get in trouble. And it's living for the weekend. Let me get the, the, the Saturday-Sunday break. But, but it's not actually moving forward and changing the world. It's not making a difference. But that doesn't mean that's not what God has designed for you because you weren't born just for that. Mark Twain said the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day that you find out why. And there's no time like right now for each person to rise up into their calling with courage and boldness. No time like right now. The world needs to see us anchor ourselves down and not waver and rise up and demonstrate love and truth, bringing light into the world. Amen? You guys doing all right? I'm going to read the Great Commission to you guys in all passages that it comes up. Matthew 28. If you guys have a Bible, please turn there. Matthew 28. I'm going to read 18 through 20. This is after, uh, you guys got to remember, the Great Commission came after Jesus raised from the dead. So they all just freshly experienced the pain of, their, of the lover of their souls dying. And then they witnessed the awe of the lover of their souls resurrecting from the dead. And he spent like, I think, 40 days with them, and then he ascended into heaven. But soon before he ascended, he gave them this, this charge. You guys ready? Can you guys hear me right now? Yeah. Are you guys ready? <laughs> All right. I, sometimes... Sometimes preachers kind of need to hear back so that we don't feel like we're just that talking head I keep talking about. All right, so that, that's why I ask you questions sometimes. All right, verse 18, Jesus said this, All authority, everybody say, all authority. All authority. How much authority? All 
Come on. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I, just the other day I heard Seth say something awesome about this. He said, if Jesus has been given all authority, then that means there's somebody who has no authority. Who do you think that is? Satan. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So Jesus has authority in both places, heaven and earth. All right? By the way, he said this to, I believe, at least 11 people. But that doesn't mean that it was only for those 11. Who was the Great Commission to? Disciples. So all of us. All of us. How many of us are disciples? All, all of us are, I believe. Not everybody is. All right? The wind's blowing my page around here. All right. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore. All right, if he was given authority by his father and he carries all authority, that's called delegated authority. That means that the, the, his father, who he saw as the supreme authority, gave all this authority to him. So he actually he delegated it. He handed it to him and put it on him, all right? And now Jesus, from the place of authority, is giving a command. So with the, with the authority, he's telling us, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. How many of you guys know this was not a request? This is an expectation. All right? Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. Everybody say, all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Everybody say, always. always. Even to the end of the earth. <laughs> I love this. This was a delegated authority. Jesus is releasing a command. But he wasn't just giving a command. He actually was releasing his authority to us. So he actually was taking his authority that was given to him and putting that authority on us. So with his authority, that's the only way we can do what he's saying. we got to carry his authority. And with his authority, he's telling us to go to all the nations. The Greek word for nations is ethnos. And that's making a reference to people groups. It's not necessarily the borders of a country. It's not necessarily the governmental system of a country, but it's the people groups. It's all the different peoples in the entire world, it says. All right, so for all the nations. So he, he's intending for this gospel to go to every people group. Is there anybody in here who's called to go to every single people group in this entire world? Is there anybody in here that even has the ability to do that? Probably not. So I would venture to say that the people groups that he wants you to go to are the ones that you have access to. All right? He's wanting us to go to all people groups, so take it to the ones that you have access to. He wants us to bring the gospel that includes the entire Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If we're missing any of those, we're off balance. There's a gospel that's going around this world right now that's telling people that Jesus is a great way, but he's not the only way. But that's not the true gospel. Amen? When he says, teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you, I want to say this first, that in order for us to make disciples who are observing his commandments, we first need to be the person who's observing his commandments. All right? Before you can cause other, other people to become something, you've got to be that thing yourself first. So I would say that Jesus' goal really is first that we are people who are doing his will and his commandments well. And as we're those people, then we can train and equip and empower other people to do the same thing. Can I hear an amen on that?
So be a disciple first, be a, and then train them. We, we need to be obedient to the Lord day in, day out. It's, it's that passion, it's that devotion that says, I don't care how I feel, I don't care what anybody else is doing to me, I'm pushing through, I'm obeying him all the way to the end. That's a disciple, all right? And then he wants us to make disciples. So that means that we have a responsibility not only to bring the gospel, but to actually make disciples. Jesus wants us to put, he wants us to impart what he's done into us and duplicate it in other people's lives. Amen? You guys doing all right? That word observe, when he says to observe the commandments I've given to you, that word observe in the Greek is, I might say this wrong, tireo. And it doesn't just mean to look at. It means to observe, to watch over, to, to guard and preserve. So there's, there's a real intentionality about taking the word and not just reading it, not just hearing it, not just trying to do it, but actually embracing it, cultivating it into our hearts, protecting it, and letting it do its full Excuse me, it's full work within us. It, it, it includes diligent study, understanding, practice, and a lifestyle of the Word of God. All right? So part of the Great Commission includes us being people who are protecting and observing and, and cultivating the Word within our lives and then training other people to do the same. So he wants us to save the lost, but that's not enough. He wants us to be making disciples. Amen? Did you know that each one of you, at least a portion of your calling, is to win souls that are lost? And, and to each one of us, at least a portion of our calling includes making disciples. So it means investing ourselves in people's lives and helping them cultivate their own devotion to Christ. Not, not because of you, but you're, you're going to be like Mick Ireton was to me, who stoked a fire in me. He imparted a passion for the Lord. He, he put something in me that helped me become my own disciple of Jesus instead of needing him to be my mediator. Does that make sense? We're meet, we're, it's like we're investing ourselves into people to the, at least to the point where they're grounded and can do it themselves. That's discipleship. His covenant with you and me is so good. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He said, I will be with you to the ends of the earth. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's check out the, the Great Commission from Mark 16. Because each one has kind of, kind of their own piece that they added to it to give us the full picture of what the Great Commission looks like to the Lord. Starting with verse 15, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world. So that word's not nations. That's not ethnos. It's the word cosmos, which is actually talking about the physical planet. It's talking about anything in the universe. So if anybody ends up going to Mars and establishing a colony, then we're going to have to take the kingdom there too. Uh, who, I wonder who's going to be the first missionary to Mars if that ever happens. It's talking about the world system. It's talking about the orders and the governmental systems. But it's, it's more of the physical place, all right? It's the cosmos. He says, go into all the world and, and preach the gospel to every creature. I want to say to you, if you're a disciple of Jesus, he's called you to be a preacher of the gospel. That doesn't mean you need a microphone. Doesn't mean you need to be a talking head. You don't have to preach sermons. It's talking about being a living example, a living epistle of Christ. And that your life and what you speak to people is, is demonstrating and sharing the word, the proclamation of the good news of his kingdom. Come on. Nobody's exempt from Jesus wanting you to be a proclaimer of the good news of his kingdom. Come on. 
So he says, he says, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That word creature in some translations say to all creation. And that word creation is the same word as when it talks about the beginning of creation. So it's all the things that he created. He wants us to proclaim the good news to them. And I love it because it's the same word in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 that says that we have been made new creatures. So if, if we're... That's his goal. When he wants us to take the gospel of the kingdom to the creation or the creatures, it's so that they can become new creatures. It's not just for us to talk the kingdom. It's because it has power to release the opportunity for people to be transformed. New creatures. You guys doing all right? He goes on. He says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Take a second to pause right there. Salvation is a powerful thing, and he wants every single person in this world to be saved. But again, that same gospel, that false gospel I was saying a while ago, that says that there's other ways besides Jesus, that, that same spirit behind that false gospel also wants people to believe that hell is not really an eternal place where people are going to be in torment if they didn't receive the finished work of the cross for them. And I want you to hear me say, I've said it before, I want you to hear it with your ears and with your spirits. Hell is a real place. And there will be people who are going to spend eternity in hell. There's already people throughout the entirety of history who are there right now. Now, I don't, I'm not going to go into all the discourse of what's the difference between Hades and, and the fiery pit. Like, there's different things, but unfortunately, the Bible is clear. It's going to be an eternal place. I want you guys to know this because people are trying to tell us that's not true. That's hyper-Christianity. No. That's the whole reason why Jesus died on the cross. To rescue people from that to bring us into his kingdom so we can enjoy the richness of his grace and his glory. But he doesn't want anybody to perish. Amen? Hallelujah. But we can't, like we don't spend our time talking about hell a lot because I'd rather, I'd rather win people in by God's grace and goodness and lavishness than by scaring them away from hell even though it's still a real message. It's still got to be mentioned. Okay? Some people would think that after I preach for two years, if I start preaching a, one sermon on hell, that I'd be a fire and brimstone preacher. You guys know me better than that. Right? All right, he says, These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Come on. Have you guys ever seen a demon come out of somebody before? Anybody want to see more demons come out of people? There's a lot of demons and a lot of people. Sometimes you have no idea that they're there because they can hide really well. Some of them, it's very obvious. <laughs> All right? But Jesus has given us an authority. It's actually His authority. The same person who could enter into a room and not say a word and demons would start manifesting, coming to the service and freaking out, saying, don't cast us into the abyss. Because they knew who he was before he ever had to say a thing about who he was. Demons see beyond what humans can see. And, and Jesus, the same person who was able to cast out of one person thousands of demons into a herd of pigs just with a word, he's given you that same authority. Come on. It's not a matter of if you have the authority. It's a matter of if you know the authority and know how to use it. That's what makes the difference. Okay? He says, in my name, in my name, they will cast out demons. It doesn't necessarily mean you say, in the name of Jesus. It means if people understand that delegated authority that he's given to us. He puts his name on us. His name is our badge of authority. We live the name of Jesus. If we live from his name, we can cast out demons. 
There's, there's a preacher in Kentucky, and I, I've never heard him. I've just heard stories about him. And I think his name is Cleddy Keith. Has anybody ever heard that name before? Because a few of you have. This is a funny story. Um, he, he wanted to prove to somebody that, that was a little by the book on how to do deliverance. All right? He wanted to prove to this person that the power is not in the way you do it, but it's in the authority that you know you walk in, all right? And he said, watch this, because there's a demonized person in front of him. And he said, in the name of Cleddy Keith, be gone. And they, and they were instantly delivered. Now, he wasn't, he wasn't being sacrilegious in doing that. It was that he was trying to show them that it's not the verbiage. It's the power, the authority that's in you. And the enemy, when he knows that we walk in that power and authority, he's going to see you as he sees Jesus. As a matter of fact, the more that we come in tune with who we are in Christ, the more the devil can't tell if it's you or Jesus because it's the same to him. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? It's that union. It's that, it's that unity with Jesus. We carry his name. We walk, we're clothed in Christ. That when we demonstrate Christ, we walk in that faith. It says these signs will follow those who believe. doesn't mean these signs follow those who know the right words to say. It's, it's because we know who we are. Amen? These signs will follow those who believe. And he goes on, they will speak in new tongues. Do we have any tongue talkers in here? <laughs> they will take up serpents... Do you guys think we should go to snake handling so we can prove our faith? No. No. That's ridiculous. When people do these things so they can prove their faith to other people, they're kind of missing the point. All right? It says they will drink, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. This is not, a, this is not about us doing those things so that we can prove ourselves. It's, it's basically Jesus saying, if you live my kingdom... Nothing's going to be able to get in your way. Nothing's going to be able to stop you. You do this, and things that would normally stop you if you're doing something on your own accord, you do it in my name, nothing's going to stop you. Come on. Some good words right there. I, I, <laughs> I remember going to El Salvador one time, and there's a church up in the mountains, and I heard that the way that they picked who was preaching that week was... Whoever could pick up the boiling black kettle without getting burned, that was God's sign of who was going to preach. Somebody should have gone in there in the name of Jesus and cast the demons out of them. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> We're not going to be boiling pots of, or kettle pots around here. All right. Where am I? Oh, check this one out. These signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Come on. He's not saying, hey guys, if you, if you try to do this, I'll, I'll try to heal them. <laughs> lay hands on the sick, they will recover. These signs will follow those who believe. I want to say this, that the manifestations follow our beliefs. If we're not seeing it, the way we want to see it, that doesn't mean that he's not true to his word. It just means we need to keep working our belief. We need to keep growing our belief system. We need to keep trying it. We need to keep practicing it. He's going to show up. And I believe that we're going to see increasing breakthroughs the more we go after these things. Amen? But it's got to be driven by belief. It's got to be not belief that you are gifted with healing. <laughs> belief that Jesus is with you to the ends of the earth. Belief that anything you're doing for the kingdom, that he's right there putting his hand on it with you. Belief that you're walking in Christ, that you bear his name, that you carry his authority, and everything you do under the authority and the truth of heaven, Jesus is there co-laboring with you. He's the one who's making it powerful. We can't make it powerful on our own. He does it for us. Come on. It's called the Great Commission. 
And commission means co-mission. It's his mission, and we co-labor with him to see him do what he needs a human body in agreement to do on earth. Co-mission. Amen? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I, I was going to hit the other Gospels with the commission, and because of time, I'm not going to go into all of them right now, but I, I might pick those up soon in another message. I want to... I want to make sure that the Holy Spirit has space to make it more than me being a talking head. <laughs> Guys, I don't want to be a talking head. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Acts 1, before Jesus ascended, You've heard me quote this a few times lately. He says, it's not, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has prepared. But Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. He's, he's saying it doesn't make a difference what season you're in. My commission my mission has not changed and it is not going to happen through people who are devoted to Christ but not yoked with him it's not going to happen by people who are trying to be Christians but not engaging with his power it's not going to happen by people who can speak the word but they don't engage with the power and the in the truth of the word and live in that that co-labor because Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And Jesus is not just sending us so that we can try to do this on our own strength. He's sending us as he was sent by his Father, endued with power, that we're, that we're clothed with dunamis power. Oh God, I feel it on me right now. Lord, let it burn on people right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. God has called us to co-labor with Him. Jesus said, you will be witnesses to me. He didn't say you're going to go knock on doors being, you're going to go witnessing. He didn't say you're going to go out and go witnessing. He said you're going to witness me. You're going you're to observe and watch me demonstrate Everything I promised you that I will do through you. When we co-labor with Him, when we partner with Him, when we say, yes, Jesus, I want, to, I want to burn with Your passion, Lord. I want to lay my life down for You. I want to serve You with everything I have. I want to give my life to You in full devotion, day in, day out. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. I'm going to stay consistently seeking Your face. Demonstrating your kingdom. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay the course. I'm going to press toward the high calling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go until the race is over. Come on. It's our, this is our calling. The Great Commission is every single one of our calling. I want to say that from spirit to spirit right now. I speak into every heart, every spirit in here right now, in Jesus' name. If you're born again, Jesus has put his great commission into your heart. Every person. He's given the great commission. This, is his, this was his charge, not just to 11 people, but to the church. To the, to the children of God. The Great Commission. I just released this right now into every heart. The Great Commission. It's your mandate. It's your calling. It's your promise. Great Commission. Going into every heart. In the name of Jesus. Burn it, Lord. This has meant the Great Commission of Jesus Christ to you. To you is 
meant by him to become your priority in life. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. Seek first. If, if, we're, if we're trying to find out how we can fit it into our schedule because we've got other things going on, we've not made it our priority. We need to figure out how we can fit the other things around the kingdom. Amen? This is our mission. This is our mandate. It's our purpose. It's our calling. The Great Commission is where you will find your significance that you need to have. If you don't know clearly what your calling is, it's okay. Find out how your lifestyle can line up with the Great Commission and do something with it, and you'll find your calling happen through that obedience. The Great Commission includes sharing the gospel. It includes saving the lost. It includes baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's not just getting dunked in water. It's being immersed by the fullness of who God is through a commitment to fully devotion to Him. When people get baptized, it's supposed to be an expression to the Lord. I'm dying to this world so I can live entirely for you. Come on. The Great Commission includes us being disciples of Jesus and being observers of His Word, living and obeying and letting His Word and His will be our lifestyle. And then finding out how we can put that into other people and to cultivate that in them and pour into them and raise up sons and daughters of the kingdom of the faith. Come on. I want to tell you, that every single person here, part of your calling is to be a disciple maker. And God dreams of the second and the third and the fourth generations. He wants us to make disciples who learn how to make disciples who learn how to make disciples. It's not just about church. It's not just about gatherings. It's not just about, am I putting in my time in the Bible? It's about, am I living a fully devoted life to Jesus? Am I, when I gather with the saints, am I breaking the bread of life, of kingdom exchange? I'm pouring in, I'm receiving, we're doing this together, and that I can honor the, the graces on each other's life so that in unity we gather together and we can do the Great Commission as a family instead of as a, just a bunch of individuals. Come on. I'm about to close right now. Oh, don't worry. There's, there's something that we're going to do. <laughs> Praise you, Lord. At, at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, every year that I've sat in those classes as a student or as a revival group pastor, I've heard Bill Johnson, close to the end of the year, give a charge to the class. And, and I want to tell you that BSSM is one of the most radically anointed, charged environments you could imagine entering into <laughs> because you're surrounded by at least a thousand other people who are fully on fire for Jesus. It's amazing. I love it. I believe that we're going to see that get cultivated right here. But I want to tell you what, what Bill says to the class. He says, I love the fire that I see in your lives. And he said, he said this fire is powerful. But he said, but I want to see if I could have coffee with you in 20 years, did you keep your fire burning? Because we can have excited Holy Ghost moments that are, that are moments. And it can actually have hype. And hype generates hype. And it can, generate, it can actually generate excitement and passion and faith. And it's awesome. But, but if we don't maintain it, it was a moment instead of a transformational lifestyle. All right? 
That's where I'm saying Jesus isn't just looking for how excited we are, because that can be an emotion. He's looking for loyalty, reckless abandonment. I'm going to lay my life down day in, day out. Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me. It's a daily decision to die to the world and to live for Jesus. And I want to know, like, can we embrace this thing at all costs, live for it daily, and in 20 years know that we have stayed consistent, we stayed the course, and that we're, and we've, we've gained ground in the kingdom that long, no matter what storms come against us, we're still pushing this thing forward. Because God's not looking at right now, he's looking at the big picture, he's looking at where are we headed. What is today unto for tomorrow? What is this year unto for 20 years? What is this generation unto for your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids generation? I want to make a difference, guys. I want to make a difference. How many of you guys want to make a difference? How many of you guys can have the audacity to believe that God believes that you can be a world changer? Come on, I'm asking that question again, and I want to hear from you. How many of you believe that God believes in you to be a world changer? Yes. Come on. I, I want to give us an opportunity right now. Carter's going to put some music on because that just does something sometimes. I'm going to put some music on, and this is, this is where I want to go with this. I believe... I want to give an opportunity, if there's anybody who maybe you've had a fire in your heart in the past, and I'm, again, I'm not talking about an emotional experience. I'm talking about a fire that, that was fully dedicated to the Lord, that you feel like you have not stewarded that fire well. And this is going to take courage. I want, if, if you, and this isn't to display it to everybody else, it's to display this to the Lord. If you feel like you need to repent to the Lord of not stewarding his fire, stewarding the, the, the passion, the devotion to the Lord and his, and his passion, his call, his mission for your life, the embrace of your call to the Great Commission. If anybody needs to repent for that, I wanna invite you to stand up and lift your hands to the Lord right now, and we're gonna take a moment to reconnect this to Him. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. you to take a moment and just ask God just say this and let's all pray this just in honor of them even if you're not standing for this reason we'll all join in together with this prayer Father forgive me let's do it out loud Father forgive me for not stewarding the fire for not prioritizing the kingdom for not prioritizing your commission to me Forgive me. I, I realign my heart. I repent. Reconnect my heart with your call. Are you guys praying? <laughs> it, sounded like a, it sounded like the prayer kind of fizzled down there. Let's all do this out loud. Reconnect my heart to the call and fill my heart with your fire again. I receive it. I want you to receive it right now. And if anybody else that you just wanna, you just wanna express to the Lord, I want more of that fire in my heart. I want, I want that passion for reckless abandonment for your kingdom, for your commission. I want you to fill me with your passion 
so that I can make my life make a difference in this world, I want you to stand up. And let's lift our hands to the Lord. Holy Ghost, I ask you to fall on everybody right now. In Jesus' name. Fall on everybody. Fall on every heart right now. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit. Fill every person. Wow, I feel his presence so strong. More, Lord. More, Lord. Whoa. Fire fall. Burn in each heart, Lord, in Jesus' name. Burn into each heart. Lord, help. I, I pray that you will bring restoration and alignment of hearts, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Full surrender to you. Full surrender. To be laid down lovers. Thank you, Lord. I ask you, Lord God, to release the power of the gospel into every heart in Jesus' name. The power of your calling into every heart in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you to confirm the calling into them, Lord. Burn right now. Lord, sear it into the deepest places, in the spirits, in the hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to release a grace into each person, Lord, to shift their lives into that higher place, Lord. A grace, Lord God, to, to be driven by the engine of your passion to see your kingdom come on this earth, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let every heart know that they're significant. They've got a significant place to bring your kingdom into this world. There's a significant calling that they can make a difference Lord, that the fire that burns in them, Lord, that they can be world changers, that they can change the ethnos that they're called to, the people group, Lord, that they live their life in. Lord, the, the parts of this cosmos, the, the locations that you put them in or you're going to put them in, Lord, that they will burn, burn for your kingdom, for those places, for those people. In the name of Jesus, Lord, give us your eyes. Give us your heart for those people, Lord, so that we won't just be nominal and complacent in Jesus' name. That we won't be people who live to pay the bills and die. <laughs> but we'll be people who live with a daily mission. Doesn't mean that we have to go find somebody on the street to preach to every single day. It means that we're living a lifestyle where I'm, I'm investing myself towards the advancing of your kingdom daily. It's a responsive lifestyle. Burn. Everybody just say, fire fall on me. Fill my heart. Heart burn. We don't want heart burn, but heart burn. Let the fire come now. Burn in Jesus' name. Burn the fire, the passion, the love of Christ, the, 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 the need to see a broken world that's under imprisonment of lies, of, of Satan, of darkness, set free, that Jesus died for them. And that you have what they need. Let us never be the same again, Lord. Let the fire come and transform us in Jesus' name. Set us ablaze. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Okay, by say amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Whoa. Yeah, just let him just let the Holy Spirit fall on you right now. Just give him a moment to move on you. Ha. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Move, Lord. Move, Lord. Move, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for fire. Hallelujah. You love fire, Lord. Burn in our hearts, Lord God. Burn in our hearts. Transform us. Change us. Lord, let us live a passion like you lived on this earth, Lord. In the name of Jesus, let us know what it means, Lord, for us to bear your name. That we're not, we're not trying to conjure up results, Lord. We're partnering with you, and you're coming and putting your hand on the things we put our hand on. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, if you would like for the Lord to hear your yes to his great commission, I want you to look in his face right now. Look in the face of Christ and say, yes, Lord, I receive your commission. And just ask him to start showing you what that means for you in a real practical way. And, and push into this throughout this week, asking him, what does that mean for me? What does that look like in my life? Put your kingdom first. What does it look like in my life to embrace the commission as my calling? Hallelujah. I, I just speak this into your spirits right now. You have the power to be a world changer. You have the power to be an ethnos changer. You have the power to be a cosmos changer. You can change the people and the place that God's called you to be. Hallelujah. Everybody say amen. Amen.